And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of The Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game Week 8 is in the books and it was a pretty frustrating one for most with the likes of Ruben Diaz, Raul Jimenez and Reese James getting cameos from the bench to block autosubs. The three highest owned forwards in the game, Antonio, Ronaldo and Lukaku, all blanked again, which has us all questioning our strike force. It's an early deadline for Game Week 9, Friday deadline, 6.30pm UK time, so don't miss it. Maybe set a reminder in your phone for an hour beforehand. Don't be that guy or girl who's in the pub on Saturday with your mates and has to awkwardly explain how you missed the deadline. Remember, there's Champions League and Europa League action this week too. On today's episode, I'll cover the Game Week 8 headlines and shoutouts, do a quick Game Week review, reveal my new watch list, answer Twitter questions and discuss Game Week 9 captaincy and transfers. There will be another Athletic FPL podcast on Friday, so make sure to hit subscribe for that one. And if you'd like to become a subscriber to The Athletic, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get 33% off an annual subscription. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast. The headlines from Game Week 8. Roberto Firmino was the king of the game week, scoring a hat-trick in the 5-0 hammering of Watford in the early kickoff. The Brazilian chipped in with an assist and got all three bonus points for a 20-pointer. He's still probably not going to pique the interest of too many managers though. Mohamed Salah is now on 83 points after eight games, having added another goal and an assist against the Hornets. We'll talk about him when it gets to captaincy. Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva scored 11 points each in Manchester City's 2-0 win at home to Burnley. Phil Foden rewarded his backers with an assist in that one. Wolves stunned Aston Villa, scoring three times in 15 minutes to win 3-2. Defenders Connor Cody and Roman Saiz getting themselves on the score sheet. Leicester City mounted the pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as the Foxes beat Manchester United 4-2 at the King Power. Jamie Vardy got his seventh of the campaign, while Mason Greenwood found the back of the net for the first time since game week three. Brighton registered their fourth clean sheet of the season, a 0-0 draw at Norwich. Budget gem Tino Livermento picked up a clean sheet as Southampton beat a Rafinha-less Leeds 1-0. Five million striker Armando Bruja was the match winner. Brentford were very unlucky not to get something from the game against Chelsea. Ben Chilwell scored the only goal of the game, which got him all three bonus for a 15-pointer. Edward Mendy was excellent in goal again to preserve the clean sheet points. Hyungman Son was a surprise inclusion in the Tottenham 11 for the Newcastle game, having tested 
positive for COVID a few days beforehand turned out to be a false positive and of course he scored after many sold him or didn't pick him on wildcard. Harry Kane made a strong case for inclusion in our teams with a 12-pointer. And finally, Arsenal snatched a very late point against Crystal Palace on Monday night. The game finished 2-2 with four forwards getting the goals. Bamiang, Lacazette, Benteke and Edouard. Game week 8 shoutouts. I took a look at the minutes of all players this morning. And I'm delighted to announce we have a new member to the 59th Minute Club. Welcome, Sean Longstaff from Newcastle. I always love a 59th Minute shout-out if they get a zero-pointer. And this was the case. Longstaff picked up a yellow card, didn't get the 60, and got a big, fat zero. So welcome to the club. Quite a few notable mentions, as always. Joel Veltman, who I sold on my wildcard last week. I was very happy to see him get a yellow card. 58 minutes to miss out on the clean sheet point. So another zero pointer there. Gineppo at Southampton, 58 minutes also. Had a look as well. Gineppo had a 57 minute appearance earlier in the season. So he's got 57, he's got 58. So hopefully next up it will be 59. Couple of players who went off early. Saka at Arsenal, substituted at half time with an injury. Took a heavy knock in that game. Also got booked to so a zero pointer there as well. Sancho, at Manchester United, 65 minutes. Odegaard at Arsenal, who is often early substituted. He got 67. And Rodrigo at Leeds, who's been very, very disappointing this season, 63 minutes. A quick review of my game week. So I played the wild card. It went better than I thought. It didn't feel like it had gone great because I think seven of my players blanked. But I've came away with 64 points. My rank jumped from 264k to 178k. So if you get a green arrow on the first week of your wildcard, it's always a plus because very often a red arrow quite often follows wildcard activation. So I'll take the green arrow all day long. The goods, Chilwell 15-pointer, basically he was the hero of my wildcard squad. If I didn't have him, for example, if I went for Reese James instead, which was very, very close to doing, it would have been a very average game week. So thank you, Ben Chilwell, for a very good game week. Salah captain, 26 points. Cancelo and Trent got clean sheets. So they were the only four players who delivered for me. So it just kind of shows you, if you have one player who is not owned by a lot of players. And if he does well in any game week, you know, you're probably on for a green arrow. The bad blanks for Ramsdale. Diaz for Straten came off the bench to block my Livermento points on my bench. Mason Mount, disappointing that he didn't start, but I'm hopeful that he'll do well against Norwich. Blanks for Mbwemo and Tony, which were expected because it was a tough fixture. Hopefully in the common game weeks, those two guys will do the business. Mbwemo again, I think he hit the post twice. That's six times he's hit the post this season. So he's dodging points left, right and centre. Lukaku, blank again. He comes up a few times in the questions. And also Mikel Antonio. So our forwards, for a lot of us, are not doing the business. So I'll cover those in the question section. Rafinha obviously didn't play, which was to be expected as well. I included him in the wildcard because I want him for these good fixtures coming up now. So overall... Yeah, basically Salah captain and the Chilwell 15-pointer was the story of my wildcard. I always have a look at my previous squad and I'm pretty sure the wildcard squad did outscore my previous. I know Greenwood was in my old squad, but as was you know players like Veltman. So overall, I'm happy I played the wildcard and my squad looks good now for game week nine. 
I've put together a brand new watch list now because I played the wildcard last week. And what I found interesting when I was going through each team and adding players to the watch list this week was that I didn't add a single defender. So that tells me I'm happy with the picks I made last week. Diaz, Cancelo, double up. Trent, Chilwell and Leveramento. So I'm hoping now that those five defenders will just see me through for quite a while, you know, hopefully for the long term. And I can just focus my transfers on midfielders and attackers. So midfielders added to the watch list following game week eight. Hyungman's son, I think anyone who doesn't have him, he's going to be quite high on the wanted list. Again, question about him, so I'll come back to him. I've added Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden from Manchester City. They're my preference when it comes to the Man City attackers. Everton midfielders, I've added all three of De Curie, Damari Gray and Townsend. I watched the West Ham Everton game back last night and I still think it's a bit of a lottery when it comes to the Everton midfielders. You know, De Curie, Gray and Townsend, they all offer something different but they all look good most game weeks. I thought Gray looked good again against West Ham as did De Curie and Townsend just gets the ball and, and whips it into the box on every occasion. So all three are on the watch list because I quite simply can't decide which one is best yet. West Ham, I reluctantly sold Ben Rama on the wildcard. I was very close to keeping him. I ended up going for Mason Mount, you know, as a fixtures pick over him. Ben Rama is on my watch list because I still think he's a good pick. I've added Jared Bowen as well, who I think has very quietly got, I think it's four attacking returns in his last four appearances. And he's getting 90 minutes quite often now as well. So I think Bowen and Ben Rama, there's not a huge amount between them. And the final midfielder added is Connor Gallagher. No attacking returns against Arsenal, but again, a good performance. And I think there will be more points to come from him at a very good price. Forwards added to the watch list. Harry Kane got his first goal and his first assist of the season. He looked more like himself in that Newcastle game. But I do think we do need to take it with a slight pinch of salt because Newcastle, again, were very poor defensively. But I do think Son and Kane are viable options. Jamie Vardy finally added to the watch list. He should have been there weeks ago. Again, a lot of people are getting frustrated with the likes of Ronaldo and Lukaku. So maybe Jamie Vardy is going to pick up some new owners now, which I think is absolutely fine. Callum Wilson back from injury, back on the score sheet. I think that's three goals this season for Wilson and he hasn't played a lot of minutes. So even though Newcastle weren't great, they do always look pretty decent going forward with St. Maximin, with Willock, with Wilson. I think they will get goals. So Wilson is back in my thoughts. I've added Broha again to the watch list from Southampton. He was on it a couple of weeks ago. Hasn't got much game time, but got the start this week. Very good performance. Could have had more attacking returns himself and Nathan Redmond linked up really well in that game. So Broha, hopefully he can make that place his own because, I mean, 5 million. He could be another budget gem alongside Liveramento at Saints. At Wolves, have added Huang and Jimenez. Again, I'm unsure on which of the two is the better option to go for. Obviously, Jimenez was benched in the last game week. Not a big issue because he was away in South America. He will start most games from now on. Huang, I'm still not 100% convinced he'll be in the starting 11 every week, but it was good to see him get another start in the absence of Jimenez. So Huang and Jimenez, I'll be monitoring both of them closely over the next game week or two, possibly with a view to losing Antonio down the line if he continues to disappoint. And finally, Edward from Crystal Palace. Obviously, Benteke scored as well in that game, but I just think Edward is the better striker 
And I, I, you know, I'd be backing Edward to score more goals than Benteke this season. So that is the watch list. I think there's only 16 players there. You know, quite often my watch list is about 25 to 30 players. But after the wild card, I'm very happy with the wild card picks. So that's why there's not too many. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. players on the watch list twitter questions now thanks as always to everyone who sent them in first one is from steven lukaku stick or twist i think a lot of people are going through this question in their mind this week for me i think it's an easy one though i think you just stick with them yes lukaku has been very very frustrating but it's not as if there's loads and loads of other strikers who are, you know, delivering week after week anyway. You know, Jamie Vardy is probably the only one. So for me, it's always fixtures, fixtures over everything. So when you look at Chelsea's Norwich at home next, best fixture of the season. Then it's Newcastle, who could have conceded even more than three goals against Tottenham if Tottenham were a bit more ruthless. And then it's Burnley, who don't keep too many clean sheets either so yes Lukaku has been frustrating Chelsea were pretty disappointing against Brentford but for me fixtures will hopefully swing it in Lukaku's favour and he'll get back amongst the goals you know he hasn't become a bad striker overnight so for me Lukaku is a firm hold for those three fixtures and again going to talk about captaincy soon but my armband is currently on Lukaku even though he's been frustrating. So for me, stick with Romelu. Question from Kabir. Do I do Ronaldo to Lukaku or to Vardy? Again, I think a lot of people are going to sell Ronaldo this week and I think it's probably a good time to do so because United have been pretty dreadful recently and a very difficult fixture against Liverpool this weekend. So I wouldn't be expecting too much from any of the Manchester United attackers in that one. Kabir mentions Lukaku and Vardy here. I think Kane should be in the conversation here now as well. So I think you've got three choices rather than two. Again, I keep coming back to fixtures. I think it's Lukaku. I do think Vardy's fixtures, if you look at them, don't be put off by the, you might see some red on the FPL website on the fixture ticker, but the fixtures are not as difficult as they look. And obviously Vardy is the man in form. So I, I think Lukaku or Vardy, it's not a straightforward choice this week. I think if I was making it, I'd be going Lukaku, but maybe I'm too high on Lukaku and I should be giving Vardy more thought. So I think it'll, it'll probably be pretty split this week. People sell Ronaldo, some will go Lukaku, some will go Vardy. A few more will probably go Harry Kane as well. You know, I don't think there's a wrong choice. You know, there can't be a wrong choice until we see what happens over the next two or three game weeks. But for me, Lukaku slightly edges it over Vardy and Kane 
even though he had a good performance against Newcastle, he's probably still in third place for me when it comes to Lukaku versus Vardy versus Kane. So not much between all three of them, but for me, it's still Lukaku because of those very, very good fixtures. Question from Josh. Do we need to get Son now or wait until his fixtures get better? So again, I always think fixture tickers are dangerous because if you look on the FPL website at the Tottenham fixtures, the next three are red and then the four after that are green. So we know the green ones are coming, but the red fixtures are West Ham, Manchester United and Everton. West Ham have conceded quite a few goals this season. Manchester United just conceded four to Leicester and Everton are not amazing defensively this season either. So I don't think those are three red fixtures. I think they're actually pretty good fixtures for attackers. So I think if you can get the Sun now or next week, I don't think you need to wait. We know he's a top class player and I think he's good value at the moment uh, at around 10 million. He's certainly a player I'm going to look to get to soon. I tried to get him on the wild card, but every draft I made, I find it quite hard to fit him in because of his price. I never really strongly considered him. But again, another goal, another good performance. So yeah, he is he is in my thoughts now. And mainly because a lot of these big hitters are not performing. I think that's why we're starting to think about the likes of Son and Jimmy Vardy, who have been very consistent this season. So I don't think you need to wait for Son. I think if you can get to him easily this week or next week, I'd probably just go ahead and do it. For me, I'm probably looking to bank my transfer this week. So it's probably going to be a week or two before I can get to Son. Uh, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, if Lukaku continues to disappoint, if Antonio continues to disappoint, you know, maybe I can take some cash out of those players up front and maybe go from Mason Mount to Son at some point, you know, maybe in two or three game weeks time. But Son, great pick now. And again, a great pick in three or four weeks time as well, when those green fixtures do arrive. But always be careful with fixture tickets. You should always kind of give your own rating to fixtures rather than going by the FPL website. Question from Dominic. When, if at all, do we jump to Harry Kane? Ronaldo and Lukaku are not really doing it. So like I said, I think you keep Lukaku for the fixtures. Ronaldo, I think, is is sellable now. Uh, and like I said, Lukaku, Vardy, Harry Kane are all viable options. If you think Kane is back to his best now, if you think the Newcastle fixture wasn't just a case of them playing Newcastle and Kane is on it again, maybe... You know, you can you could definitely do well to get on him early. I think his ownership is extremely low. I've got five percent in my head. I need to go back and double check that. But Kane's ownership is a lot lower than it's gonna be over the coming game weeks. If he starts to, you know, get the goals week after week again, he's always got the penalties as well. Yeah, I'm still just not one hundred percent sure if I trust Tottenham. I don't think I'll be looking to the Kane Sun double up. I'll probably be looking to get one of them in. And it's obviously easier to get Sun in because of his price. And I like Son more anyway. I think I've got more faith in Son to be consistent than I do Harry Kane at the moment. So I think it's easier to go to Son and I would I would be quicker to go to Son than I would be to go to Kane because I do think, like I said, Lukaku and Vardy, I, I rate still slightly higher than Kane. But again, that can change very quickly. Question from Stevo. Is it time to start jumping off the West Ham assets? Stevo was thinking of going from Ben Rama to Mbumo and possibly Antonio to Tony. So had a look at the West Ham fixtures for the next four, and they are tricky on paper at least. Tottenham, Aston Villa, Liverpool, and Wolves. Obviously, Ben Rama and Antonio haven't done much in the last couple of game weeks, so it's understandable why people are starting to move away. I lost Ben Rama on the wild card. 
and I'm open to the idea of losing Antonio. I just don't think I'm ready to do it yet. I've still got faith in him. I've seen enough of him against Everton. On another day, he could have he could have had a goal in that game. There was a lot of good blocks from the Everton defenders. But I, yeah, Brentford are very attractive. There's a very good side and they've got very good value options. I think Mbumo and Antonio are excellent value. Uh, you know, I picked both of them up on the wildcard and I expect both of them to do well for me over the next couple of game weeks. So I think Ben Rama to Mbumo is the move I like most there. So I'd probably go Mbumo first. I'd probably give Antonio a little bit more time before moving to Ivan Tony. But at the same time, would I stop anyone from going Antonio to Tony this week? Absolutely not, because I don't think there's too much between those guys. And, you know, Tony probably has the better fixtures in the short term. So certainly Brentford look a lot more interesting than West Ham do at the moment. But I'm going to keep faith with Antonio for another game week or two at least. Question from Harry. Harry brought in Diaz and Christensen on the wildcard with mixed results. Are either of them a hold for this week? Harry likes both the fixtures, but it seems one or both could be rotation risk. So I've got absolutely zero worries about Diaz. That was, to me, just a rest after playing a lot of football during the international break. And previously, Diaz will come back in, I have no doubt, and play most Manchester City fixtures. So Diaz is an easy hold. Christensen is a bit more of a concern, but you know he did start at the weekend, got the clean sheet. You know, there's I think Rüdiger and Thiago Silva are back in training now, so that is slightly concerning. Chalaba and Saar both I thought had very good games at the weekend as well. So Tuchel has a lot of options for his three centre backs in that team. So Christensen, I don't think you need to sell him until he becomes a problem. You know, he could easily start you know another game or two. So I would just hold on to him. I'd rather you know bank a transfer. And hold on to Christensen until you see him getting benched again. Because, like I said, he's, I don't think he's a problem until he becomes a problem. Uh, you know, maybe the likes of Rudiger and Silva might take them a bit of time to get up to speed. So Diaz and Christensen, I would keep both of them and probably just bank a transfer instead. Question from Johnny. Johnny fears Greenwood will unfairly become Solskjaer's fall guy for United's unbalanced team. Should he hold on to him or switch him now to avoid the rotation risk? Well, yeah, Greenwood is a tricky one. If you still have him, he got that goal just to dangle the carrot and remind you of what he can do. I still think Greenwood is a sell. And particularly when United haven't been good and they're very near the bottom of the fixture ticker. They might even be bottom of the fixture ticker. Next three fixtures, Liverpool, Tottenham, Manchester City. So it's hard to see goals and goals from Greenwood over those fixtures. So I think there's better options out there than Greenwood at the moment. On the flip side, you might have bigger issues in your squad. Keeping Greenwood wouldn't be the end of the world. But certainly, you know, I didn't even think twice about selling them on the wild card last week. So that probably tells you my feelings on Greenwood. Question from Kevin. Is it worth a punt on Timo Werner? He's been looking dangerous and his movement has been great. The only thing is I'd have to swap Antonio to fit him into my squad. So I really don't think Timo Werner is worth a punt. I've seen a few doing it on wildcard last week. I don't really understand it because, you know, if you've watched football for the last 18 months to two years, you watch Timo Werner get chance after chance and scuff chance after chance. I think he's got one goal this season. Yes, he's been looking okay, but he's always a rotation risk as well. It's probably, you know, players like Timo Werner, the way I look at it, you're going to use a transfer to bring him in 
and you're more than likely going to use a transfer to sell him again in a couple of game weeks, whether he does well or not. So I think I would absolutely keep Antonio and I would stay away from Timo Werner. Question from Lamarck. I would consider Ings as unjustifiably underrated. His numbers compared to his price are great. His fixtures are okay. What am I missing? So I like this question because it got me thinking about Ings as well. What I've tended to do with Aston Villa when I update the watch list every week, I kind of skip over them very quickly. I think Martinez is too expensive. I think the defenders are a little bit more expensive than I would like. I don't think they have many options in midfield. In up front, you've got Ings and Watkins. And I think it's a case of, I find it quite hard to decide which one I like most. Do I like Ings because I rate him as a better striker? Or do I like Watkins because he gives you the cash saving? And I think with Aston Villa this season, they've changed system. We don't really know what we're going to get from them from week to week. So I, I think it's it's kind of been easy to avoid them. I know we had some of them at the start of the season. You know, Buendia hasn't been getting much game time either. But it makes you think, you know, when Antonio, when Ronaldo, when Lukaku are not firing, maybe we should be giving someone like Danny Ings more thought. And I'm certainly going to watch him closely in game week nine with a view to adding him to my watch list ahead of game week 10. I think with Aston Villa as well, every time I look at their fixtures, I always feel they're, they're a little bit mixed. They're never great. They're never terrible. And there's always strikers out there who have better fixtures. So, but Danny Ings, I think this question from Lamarck has got me thinking about him a little bit more. He's one player I'm going to keep an eye on in game week nine. Question from FPL Puyol. What are my thoughts on triple Brentford? I think it's absolutely fine. I think there's loads of value. They're a good team and they've got good fixtures. I mentioned Mbumo and Tony, who are great picks. I think you can add a third. You can add the goalkeeper or you can add maybe a defender, you know, someone like Rico Henry at 4.5 million. So yeah, I think absolutely fine to triple up on Brentford. And I might do so myself at some point in the near future if they continue As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. To perform well. Moving on to captaincy for Game Week 9. I put a poll on Twitter on Monday morning, a very early captaincy poll. It returned almost 22,000 votes, so a good sample size for captaincy. There was four options, Lukaku, Salah, Other, and see the results. And Lukaku came out on top at 64.5%. Salah got 27.5%. I thought it would have been 
a lot closer between those two, given that Salah's the man in form and Lukaku's been frustrating. But again, I think a lot of people like me are very much influenced by the fixtures. Lukaku has Norwich, Salah has Manchester United. Other 2.6% and see the results 5.5%. So I agree with the poll. I'm on Lukaku captain and I, I really don't see myself swaying to Salah. I'm very much a fixtures manager. I had a look at my captaincy matrix that I've been updating every week and I had just one name this week. I had Lukaku against Norwich. I didn't even have Salah on my list because I tend not to captain players when they've got a difficult fixture. Now, you could argue Manchester United is not a difficult fixture at the moment, but I still think Manchester United will be up for that Liverpool game. I think we'll probably sit deep and be compact and make it difficult for Liverpool, at least I hope so, and play on the counter-attack. So I just think if Lukaku starts against Norwich, he should score at least once, if not twice. So I'm going to back him to do so, and Salah will be my vice-captain. I think there is other options out there this week, if you fancy something different. Son and Kane, I think, are okay captains, away to West Ham. And also, if you own Jamie Vardy, you've probably got to consider him away to Brentford. Although Brentford are... Like I said, a good side. They're pretty hard to break down. So I do think Lukaku and Salah are the standouts this week. In terms of transfers for game week nine, I've just played my wildcard. I always like to, if possible, bank a transfer the week after a wildcard because you shouldn't really have any issues. And that is the case. I've been lucky. I haven't picked up any injuries or suspensions. So option one for me this week is to bank a transfer. I just put down an option two for the sake of it, which I think would be Mason Mount out, given that he was benched last game week. But it's Norwich, so I'm just going to keep him and hope that he starts. So my notes here say I'm happy with the squad. I like the idea of two free transfers for game week 10 because it's easier to get to the likes of Hyungman's son. So most likely banking my transfer this week if the Champions League games go smoothly. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave a review wherever you're listening and make sure to hit subscribe for Friday's episode. If you'd like to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get extra content and podcasts throughout the season. Have a great week, folks, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. The Athletic.